Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online. It's the fastest, it's the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf, my friend. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information. And live in-game betting props, also some futures. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device. Join today. Make your first sports bet. Use the promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V five zero. Believe Fifty. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you, Bet Online, for bringing this podcast to the people. It's magic spoon. It's magic spoon. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a spoon that's magic, but it's actually not a spoon. It's something that you use a spoon for. I'm talking about cereal, baby. Everybody loves cereal. And imagine if you could have a cereal that tastes as good, if not better, than your favorite childhood cereal, but it only had 140 calories per serving, with 13 or 14 grams of protein and four net grams of carbs, <laughs> that is what makes Magic Spoon so magic. Every single flavor is delicious. We just uh, brought back two big favorites. I'm talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. Oh my gosh, my daughter loves both of those. And frankly, I love both of those. Every single flavor is delicious. Again, 13, 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs in each serving, and 140 calories. you got to be kidding me. You have to have something as an ace up your sleeve when your cravings and your sweet tooth come rearing their ugly head. Have some Magic Spoon on hand. And you can take care of that sweet tooth without having to ruin your diet because I know everybody's trying really hard to look and feel their best. Do yourself a favor. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your order. Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the promo code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, fellas, this one is for you. Listen up. I know. I, I do. I know that confidence in the bedroom is extremely important. And if you can't seem to muster up the right level of confidence because of something that may have gone on, the last thing you want to do is then go talk to a doctor, have that awkward situation, and then have it enhanced to another level of awkwardness by going to a pharmacy, dealing with everyone there, and that level of awkwardness. No, 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 no. You need a solution, and you need it without having to feel further discomfort. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew gives you the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it's at a fraction of the cost. You can take them any time of day or night. 
so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity does arise. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, in my opinion, it's all done online, so no visits to a doctor's office, uh, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It comes right to your door. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform, Blue Chew can definitely help. We've got a special deal for all our listeners here on Mikey Likes You. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code M-I-K-E-Y. That's Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And I thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. In the words of the great Marshall Mathers, let's get down to business. For I don't have no time to play around. What is this? It's the Mikey Likes You podcast is what it is. I am Mikey who likes. You are you who is liked. That's how that works. Uh, I I really do need to get down to business. You know how I get angry about stupid shit. I don't really get angry about serious stuff. I'm pretty controlled. My temper is good. And my ability to control said temper. I am pretty, I'm pretty good with that. Unless it's something aggravating that's not important. And, 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 and it happened again with 80s cinema. Now, I know cocaine is awesome. Literally, I, I know because I've done more than most people and smoked so much crack. Uh, but I don't remember it making me fucking stupid. I thought it would make me overly confident, arrogant. The hubris was through the roof. But I, I kind of think it sharpened me up most of the time. Now, granted, maybe there was like long kind of sleep-deprived hazes, fugue states that, that I was, you know, my brain was mushy. But I have a, a sneaking suspicion that is not where – that's not the position of Hollywood screenwriters 1978 to 1989 when I'm sure everyone was just doing cocaine, lots of it. You good? Big dog. Um, I'm sure there was just, just, just tremendous amount. I'm sure there was just like – Screenwriting rooms, people were punching up scripts with with blow on it, just shoveling it in with the actual paper that the script was typed up on. Like fucking Tony Montana with a Harvard education. You guys from National Lampoons are like... But I'm watching The Running Man, which is actually an excellent film. It's actually pretty good. I, I think people who are either younger or they weren't into action films in the 80s they have this assumption that all kind of Schwarzenegger, Stallone films are in this one area of vapid, mindless, with lots of violence. Um, that's not always the case. There is the Commandos and Rambo 3 where it's just, just like, just blood. It's just, just carnage. But a lot of these movies were really well-acted, well-written, thoughtful. Uh, uh, many times it was based on, you know, legendary sci-fi f- uh, novels and, um, you know, or war movies, you know, kind of thought pieces. Like Rambo First Blood was not um, 
really not a very violent film at all. And it's not really a war movie. It's not, you know, just Stallone machine gunning people down. It's a really incredibly well acted. People forget that Stallone is a really good actor. If you go back and watch First Blood, when he's talking to, you know, his uh, colonel who comes back to, like, save him, you know, like, and, and warn Brian Den, he's like, if you engage with him, you're going to need a lot of body bags. He's only one man, Brian Denny says. And he's like, no, not for him. For all your men. Um, when he's talking to that guy, and Stallone's talking about, like, how he was in Vietnam, and, and he came back, and he didn't feel like he was being appreciated by the people that he went over there. He didn't have any political feelings. He's just like, I just do what I was supposed to do. I didn't have to go there. I didn't start a war. He's good, man. He's so good. Anyway, and Schwarzenegger too. It's Schwarzenegger time. And the, the original Predator is a fucking excellent movie. And so The Running Man is too. And Total Recall. These are all like Philip K. Dick uh, novels um, that were, were like dense thought pieces, you know? Um, anyway, so I'm watching The Running Man. <laughs> and it's a great film. You should watch it if you're not into it. If you haven't seen it already. But there's a scene, like The Running Man's based on a game show in the not-too-distant future, a dystopian future where uh, Schwarzenegger's character's set up. But he, now he's a criminal. He's been charged with crimes that he did not commit. And in this dystopian future, there's actually a game show where criminals fight for their lives against, like, superhero figures. And there's different levels and everything. And it's the number one show in the world. People watch the shit out of it because it's just different, like, souped-up, roided-out dudes with weapons fucking murking criminals, you know? So, you understandably, people are into this, and they're taking bets, and it's, like, the biggest show in the world, okay? And the, in the movie, the, the host of the show is actually Richard Dawson from Family Feud, which is sweet. And he's so good. He's, like, the smarmy dude. Well, Schwarzenegger's, because he's Arnold, he's fucking every one of these, like, superhero characters up. He's just going through them. And now the, the movie, or the, the, the game show people are starting to get worried because he's just fucking going through these. And it's not supposed to happen like that. Usually, they barely get past the first level because it's such a hard game and they don't have weapons. They don't have shit. And they're confused and scared. And then these people come through with, you know, blades and traps and they kill. But Schwarzenegger, because he's Schwarzenegger, is, is just wrecking people. He gets to the stage with the guy who, like, his his thing is ice. Okay? It's, his name is Sub-Zero. Good name for a guy who's in an ice rink on skates with, like, a blade, a hockey stick that's like a big machete. And he fucks you up. It was, it was, a, it's a sweet character. Like, you know, there's an electric guy and like a, you know, anyway. So he's fighting Sub-Zero. And then he kills him. And then this happens. He is Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. I barely graduated high school. I'm a fucking idiot. Immediately, immediately watching that, I was like, wait, Plane Zero is more. 
It's a higher value than sub-zero. The word sub-zero means below zero. Bajo de, it's below it, sub. Now, just plain zero. And he's like, oh, got him. No one who wrote this movie, no, none of the producers, none of the assistant producers, none of the line producers, none of the grips, none of the cameramen were like, hey, wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold a second. That's more. Zero is more than sub-zero. How much blow was there? I don't think there's enough cocaine for me to not, me and my, my idiot troglodyte friends to be like, uh, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait. Sub zero. That's negative. That's that's a negative number. That's less than zero. Your your your, your witty pithy line where people are just going yeah. That does, it makes no sense. I was fucking. I'm so angry. Now, now just plain zero, and no one can expect Arnold at that point in his life. To be like, ah, everyone, wait, wait, no, this doesn't make mathematical sense. He was just like, where's my check? This is fantastic. Sub-Zero! Fuck you! All right, it's a Q&A. You provide the Qs, I provide the A. That's how it goes. I do want to take a moment. I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode if you haven't already. Jake Denham, who is a uh, Patreon client of mine, but he also has a, a cerebral palsy. And he, we have a great conversation. I think a really, really meaningful conversation about like what it means, adversity really means, and being able to control it and deal with it in a, in a reasonable and, 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 and positive way. <clears throat> yeah, And he's just a good dude. He's a really good dude. And I encourage you to listen to it. So previous episode, Jake Denham, uh, but now on to the Q&A. At what point should one stop? Me- oh, it's from Jake, De- <laughs> from Jake Denham. At what point should one stop measuring food? Post-cut, post-bulk maintenance phase? It's a good question. Um, you kind of have to feel that out. There's no kind of cement marker where you say, this is when I'm stopping um, um, tracking. You will reach a point where you are capable of understanding your own body and your sense of hunger when you exceed how much you really need and and being able to really genuinely eyeball how much food, you know, within a couple hundred calories or within a hundred calories and within a couple grams of proteins, carbs, fats, whatever. You, I, you know, I can, at this point can really eyeball uh, meats, chicken, you know, any type of red meat and chicken and fish. Pretty, pretty damn good. And then, uh, you know, it's a little bit sketchier with carbs, but you can do it. And, you know, sometimes if you just go with uh, protein and veggies and, you know, kind of carb-free or low-carb veggies, it, it just it becomes so much easier. And that's, I think, a lot of the reason why people gravitate towards carnivore, uh paleo keto thing is because it's just it's easier and you're more than likely ending up falling short of your caloric needs because you just don't eat as much but i i think when you can honestly tell yourself that you're capable of maintaining things and you have an understanding of how much you're eating and it 
it varies for me. I, it was easier for me because I grew up in a world where, like, I understood that food was fuel. At the same time, my father, like a like like off the charts geeky foodie. He's a in the International Wine and Food Society and the whole thing, and like like travels around the world just to go to restaurants. And and he he would introduce me to that world, and I at a very young age, developed an appreciation for food far beyond just like, I'm hungry, this tastes good. Um, So I got a sense, and I started cooking at a very young age because of it. And then I drew a a little bit of a closer relationship with food. Now, so once I spent a couple years tracking, and then I went through like competitive bodybuilding where I got obsessive about tracking, it just, after a while, I got really good at it. Now, that being said, I still go back and I track when when it's time to go Man, when it's time for me to get nasty, I definitely am tracking. I'm sitting there with my fitness pal or carbon like any other dude or gal. Um, so I think that when you can honestly say that you have a full understanding and a good, solid, positive relationship with food and how much you're eating, you can stop tracking. When you want to recommit yourself to a more kind of hard to achieve goal, you start back up again. If you only had to work out three days a week, what workouts would you do each day? Thank you. Well, Avalay 5, I do only usually work out three days a week, sometimes four. Now, this is, I'm talking specifically in a strength and conditioning capacity um, because, you know, I'll do jujitsu three or four days a week and sometimes some type of like striking. And I do a lot of like non exercise physical activity, a lot of NEPA because I'm a farmer now and I also, I enjoy being outdoors and walking. But as far as like going to a gym and and resistance training, I really do only train three or four days a week and I encourage anybody else to do the same thing. Um, And three days a week is actually probably really better for most people. I only really train four days a week when I'm, and sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes five if I'm really, but that's like hypertrophy, you know, when I'm looking to yoke up. I don't think most people are. I think most people want to lose some body fat and concurrently either gain a small amount or, or retain the muscle that they have. And, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a fat loss diet, it's actually more beneficial to train a little bit less and train heavier and train harder. Most people have it totally backwards. One of the biggest myths, perpetual myths that you see in the fitness world is like, I'm losing weight, so it's time to do like low low weight, high reps. Let's, let's cut them. Let's carve out the, the cuts. That's never happened once in human history. So suck my dick. It might've been a little extreme, but if you're willing to suck my dick, please do so. Um, but here, yeah, my point is, is that, uh, isolation movements tend to be less important. Um, Isolation of smaller body parts tends to be less important and your commitment to bigger compound movements at heavier weights in lower reps is actually, that's really appropriate for when you're trying to lose body fat. You're sending good hormonal signals and you're keeping your metabolism in a right in a good place and it's going to be probably just better for you overall when you're in a caloric deficit, okay? So three days a week, I train full body three days a week when I'm trying to lean up. And then I, I, it's essentially like a powerlifting strength block that I do. And then I just try to keep the 
calorie the caloric deficit very small. And um, you know because you can gain strength beyond the fact that you're getting like cross-sectional growth in your muscles. There's other things, there's other factors, mechanical kind of advantages, force development and connective tissue, all of that leads into how you develop strength. But one of the big aspects of lifting heavy weights is that you get tremendous positive hormonal feedback, which is so important when you're trying to lose body fat. So three days a week, I do, I switch off between two different types of squats, usually high bar and low bar, not front squats. Sometimes I fuck with front squats, but it's usually more about, I would say, like, really recommend people getting good at squatting, whether if you don't like low bar, you know, low bar back squats, like a more powerlifting squat, then don't do that. If you don't like high bar squats, if you can't do either of the, you know, either or, don't do those. And most people confuse the two, and that's why I think a lot of injuries happen. You see a lot of people with these, like, big fucking arches, and, you know, this, like, posterior tilt, you know, where people are, like, arching to squat. I'm always like, whoa, you're going to be in pain soon, you know? And they wonder why they can't hit uh, – have a lot of a lot of chicks, too. I, I've noticed a lot of chicks just don't – they squat like shit, and, like – the new culture is so about like she squats, big glutes, big legs, like watch this chick. But then no one takes the time to like squat properly. And I think a lot of girls, especially fit girls, they have this notion that as long as I can go from point A to point B, I'm doing it right. And this is not true. Um, there's so much like posterior tilt, like we're essentially arching your back. You shouldn't be arching your back. Um, it should be really neutral. You know, your spine should be neutral in a high bar or low bar back squat. So do do a, some form of squat every day, all, all three days. Some form of deadlift all three days. Now, I don't think people should conventional deadlift three days a week. That's You're going to tax your central nervous system too much, and you're going to hurt yourself. But I conventional deadlift once a week, and then another one of the three workouts I will do, Romanian deadlift, and then I will do uh, sumo squat or sumo stance deadlift. So that's every workout, all three workouts. I then toggle back and forth between bench press and overhead press. And then after that, the rest is just kind of details. Like whatever accessory work you want to get done. I like I always like chin-ups for people, you know, working up to weighted chin-ups. It's really beneficial. Um, some type of core work, ab work, you know, and then maybe like an arm workout, you know, like an arm exercise for three or four sets. Keep it heavy, go after it. And that's three days a week, man. And you would be you would be shocked at like how well that works. If you simplify things, if you get back to basics, when things aren't adding up, the last thing you want to do is add more. That when things aren't adding up, start subtracting. Get back to fucking what matters and go after it hard. That's my that's my best advice for that. Hey, do you smoke? Uh, do you used to be a smoker? And you still struggle with cravings? I know what it's like. I smoked for a long time. It's been a while since I smoked cigarettes, but when I quit, it sucked. And of course, I replaced it with other things that were bad. Back then, I, I just kept chewing tobacco, which is horrible for you. And I know a lot of people are doing the same thing, if not vaping, which can be just as bad. You know, we just don't know. So why not have a perfect tool for you to quit smoking? And that perfect tool, it's fume. You got to hear about Fume. It is fantastic. 
Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes. No smoke, no vape, no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. See, Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses these cores infused with plant oils studied to curb cravings. And the flavors are awesome. Peppermint and conquer with like minty notes. And then there's this like warm fall kind of Thanksgiving-y thing, you know, with the cozy chai and lemonberry bliss. You get a you get a sweeter experience. All their flavors, 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. Quitting's tough, but fume can really, really help. Okay, whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, fume is the perfect tool for you. Head to breathefume.com slash Mikey. Use promo code Mikey to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com. That's B-R-E-A. T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash Mikey. Use that promo code Mikey. Quit naturally with fume and use that promo code Mikey. Save 10% off your entire order. Um, what are your thoughts on the blood type diet? I, my thoughts are none. I don't have thoughts on it. I don't know if it's good. Don't know if it's bad. Don't know anything about it. Uh, I think it makes sense. I, I, I think there's some type of common sense to it you know but as Balzac said uh, sometimes common sense is not so, it was either Voltaire or Balzac some Frenchy uh, sometimes common sense is not so common I don't know what your blood type would play into and look medical people uh, seemingly medical uh, experts are going to make a lot of claims online it's a problem with online shit you know i saw some doctor i don't know if he was an md or not but he was just talking shit about how like <laughs> whey protein's toxic to the system because and i'm like well let's just not that's not true i would love any scientific evidence that that's a thing and he was a doc like he claims to be a doctor and he's on instagram talking about how it's one of the most top and that you should Use plant protein instead. I was like, okay, uh, let me see any shred of scientific evidence that that's a thing, and I will get off your case. But, you know, it just happens day in and day out. So the people behind the blood diet may make a lot of claims. I have no idea whether they're true or not. And that goes for a lot of things, with especially with nutrition. It's a little bit less. You see the people dial it down a lot less with training because most people don't know shit about training because most people don't train properly anyway. But with diet, man, you could make a lot of money not knowing dick, just like throwing out there like it, the alkaline water is the key and no, no seed oils or no artificial sweeteners or no this, no that. Like your adrenal glands are – and it's like shut the fuck up. None of that's – just none of that's true, you know? Like creatine. Creatine is just like people have this idea in their head like creatine's going to help harm your kidneys or liver. It's there's literally zero science ever, ever that's ever said that. Zero at any level of creatine use, like at any at crazy, crazy dosages. There's never been a sign of that, but plenty of people believe it. Yeah. So uh, with the blood type, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want it to give you I don't want to lead you in either direction because I don't know shit. But I will give you I will just heed my advice that. When it comes to online, very specific, very unique diets, almost always it's it's just a money-making scheme. 
things based around digestion can be very valid. You know, I know that there's like elimination diets where people start looking at different things like nightshades and and that that's there's 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 value to that. I I and I also I don't have enough scientific knowledge of it to then make the positive or negative claim on that either. But I do know that there is validity in the world of like digestion and metabolic health. There's some shit to that. But um, with blood, I don't. Pinche gringo one. How do you feel about row machines? Also, MCT, yay or nay? Uh, row machines? Uh, they're fine. They're great. I mean... I think a row machine is great for people who have gotten to the point where they need to use a row machine. Um, I don't think most people are there. Just do dumbbell and barbell rows. Do that. Frankly, do body weight rows. Most people can't fucking do body weight rows. You understand me? That's not an insult. You're maybe watching this being like, I'm jacked. I'm gonna get no, you, most people can't do body weight rows. Um, so just work on the bait. Uh, like, really, I know I'm h- hitting a, uh, I, I'm just smashing a dead horse. Uh, but basics are that important and fundamentals are that important for a reason. And most people don't want to do them for a couple reasons. One, they're harder. Two, uh, it's not sexy. Like a body weight row is far less appealing to your senses, to everyone else, and then putting plates on a machine and, like, moving it. It's like, this the iron moving and everything. And uh, you put up a video of yourself doing bodyweight rows. People are like, oh, cool. The calisthenics, neat. That's, you know, old as human history. Yeah, well, most people can't do that shit. You know, so row machines, they have their value. You know, once you, once you get to the point, like I said, I think when people get to the point that where they need a row machine, you should use a row machine. When you get to the point where you've built up enough foundational strength and muscle mass, like then you do, you do you have to start tooling around with isolation and hitting the back from different angles and stuff like that. And row machines can be excellent for that. Um, but I just don't think, and, and you know, you they can go in both directions. If you can't do a body weight row, which I challenge most people to go give it a shot, where you actually have your feet and your head at the same level and you're rowing yourself up on like a bar or something. Hey, most people can't do it. Can't pull their chest to the bar. So work on that. But if you can't do that, uh, another way to kind of get yourself to that point is to start using machines. So it's it's a kind of a, a weird thing where it goes in both directions. I do think you can utilize that, but always have in mind that the main goal, for, for the overwhelming majority of people at, at very different differing levels, is just to be good at the basics, at the fundamentals. Just hammer that home. There's no, there's no downside to that. If you, if there is a huge downside into trying to go and do things that are just far beyond your your need for them, you you don't necessitate these machines and these exercises and these types of things at all because you kind of st- you're you're stepping over steps A and B to get to C. There, there's no downside to just staying, keeping, just going over A and B over and over again. Um, and, and then one day you'll get to the point where, like, you know, The Rock needs to do certain machines. He needs to isolate m- movements at a time. Um, but most of us are not. I mean, I, I fuck with machines here and there. 
to activate my chest, uh, a lot of times, sometimes I'll do pre-exhaustion stuff. You know, I do machines. Um, I do use a row machine, but it's always after I deadlift. It's always af- after I chin up. It's always after I, I, I do pendlay rows and barbell rows and stuff. You know, I, I trained back yesterday. I did not, I mean, I, I didn't use any machines. I, I did deadlifts for, I did a lot of deadlifting. Um, I did some like power shrugs. Uh, I did dumbbell rows, heavy as shit, and uh, some weighted chin ups. You know? So uh, they're fine. They have their use. I don't think they're necessary for most people. Uh, now on to uh, Pinche Gringo's second question. MCT. MCT is a useful uh, tool, especially in a fat loss situation. Also, it helps with hunger. The problem with it is that many, 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 many people's digestive system does not handle MCTs well. They're very rapidly digested. They're medium-chain triglycerides. That's essentially just like the chains of fats, long chains, short chain, medium-chain triglycerides found uh, most commonly in like palm oil and coconuts and things like that. When you isolate them, they can be so quickly digested and which is the the benefit. They provide energy uh, and they they can provide some metabolic kind of boost they definitely help with dealing with hunger, but uh, a lot of people get ser- serious stomach distress, like like fucking I'm not going to work today stomach distress from even small dosages. So um, if you're looking to lose weight, use MCT oil b- with caution. Start at very low doses and increase as you, until you find what you're comfortable, you know, the, the highest levels that you're comfortable with. Another thing is, is like MCT oil is really not, should not be used with people who are eating like a flexible mixed diet. That's a big mistake I see a lot of people making is they, 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 they use these like keto kind of high fat, low carb treats or, 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 or supplements or food products. And then two hours later, they have pizza and bananas. And I'm like, wait, well, fucking, this is a bad, bad thing. You can't have bulletproof coffee that's like 800 calories for breakfast and then eat hamburger and fries for lunch thinking that you're doing yourself a favor. You're just going to be fatter. You're having a thousand calories of coffee, which is a thing if you're going to then continue to live a prolonged period of time with uh, with low-carb, high-fat intake. But you don't, you don't do vice versa. You know, just in the same way that like a rice cake may have like very little calories and it's like a snack that you could crunch on. That's a fine if you're if you're eating a higher carb, moderate carb diet, it's something for you to crunch on and popcorn or whatever. But it's terrible if then you're gonna go and eat try to be keto, you know, flay. So just kind of get that shit together. What's the best method for measuring body fat? I know they all have their issues, but I use DEXA. And sometimes get weird results, like saying I lost muscle despite gains in the gym from New Talos. No, DEXA is pretty accurate. It's very accurate. And that's not a weird result. You lost muscle. I, I talked about it in the answer to uh, an earlier question. There's many things that go into development of strength or even increases in strength that aren't muscle mass related. Um, just competency in the exercises, getting better at it. Learning how to use leverage better and, and you know, deadlift and squat. Um, connective tissue strength is a, is a big thing. 
uh, force development relies on many factors outside of just the size of the muscle. That is a that is a a, a, a part of it for sure. But uh, you know, it, it depends on what you think. Like for instance, you can train to gain lot specifically to gain muscle mass and lose strength in the opposite direction. So I mean. Don't be surprised if you legitimately has nothing to do with flaws in the DEXA scan. You go and it says that you have three pounds of gained muscle, but you're weaker in the bench press or the squat because you've been doing kind of hypertrophy-based stuff. And that increases cross-sectional density and size in muscles, but it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with force development. That's why I've always been a big proponent of using both training methods um, to develop musculature. Musculature. Uh, so I stick with DEXA and it's not a weird result. You're, you lost body, you lost lean muscle mass. You're probably trying to go too hard with your diet. You're probably trying to do too much. You want to lose too much body fat too quickly. And you're not going to do that. And you're going to lose muscle and you're going to, that that's, you're, you're on your way to skinny fat. Trust me. Okay. You, I could say it a million times. I'm sure there's plenty of people who are listening right now who are like, yeah, but I could get shredded. I could just be, I'll do a thousand calorie deficit for a week and everything will be great. And then I'll get, you know, I'll slowly fucking go back. No, you can't. And I'll do cardio for three hours a day and uh, on top of lifting and it doesn't work that way. All right. Um, I'm going to dip into my Patreon exclusive email here for a question from Brian Spratt because it is a good one. And I'm going to end on this one. It's fucking really good. I'm not advocating bulimia, but if you fall hard off the wagon with food, like a steak dinner with appetizer, sides, bread basket, and dessert, maybe a couple cocktails, and you're left feeling not only uncomfortably full, but also know you fell short on your decisions to eat right, the right amount of calories, is a finger down your throat and a pledge to do better ever a good idea? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Okay. I know a lot of people because, and he even started off, Brian's not a dumb person. He's, this is a thoughtful guy. He even started off by saying, I'm not trying to encourage bulimia in any way. And no one is. It's very serious. It's not funny. It's not funny. Like binging and purging bulimia, any type of eating disorder. It's, 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 I was about to say, it's like, it's just as harmful and hardcore to deal with. And just as, just as much suffering goes into it as, as many drug addictions, honestly. You know, I'm a drug guy. Staying off drugs and alcohol is fucking impossible for me. And uh, I had to work hard and I suffered a lot. But, you know, seriously, eating disorders, body image issues and stuff can, can, can make people to, to, to get to suicidal levels. Okay, your entire world is destroyed by it. It's not. It's not funny. I on the because and the reason I say it's not funny is because I am a guy who has, for comedy's sake, forced myself to be. I'm I'm that bonehead, you know. And I know that like the jackass guys, like Steve-O is really good at puking. He can make himself kind of, you know, he can exaggerate the situation a little. Uh, he, there may be something gross going on, but Steve-O can make himself vomit. And it's funny. You're like, oh my God, he's drinking the beer off the guy's long fingernails. Oh, the man with the world's longest fingernails and he's drinking beer off it. Oh my God, it's so gross. And then he'll puke it up. It doesn't make it funnier. And I've been that guy. I've been at parties and been hammered and fucking like, well, I'm going to go puke on the table. But it is a good question. 
Because you think, look, not only have you eaten too much and you fucked your diet up, but you sometimes you eat so much you just go, you've been dieting like crazy, you've been really watching what you eat, and the next thing you know, it's like, I'm at this dinner, it's so, and then you take that one bite of bread and you're like, fuck this, and you just devour. Then next thing you know, you're like, fuck this, fuck it all, okay? I might, I might as well just go for broke because I've, I've, I've ruined my diet. So let's have cocktails. Let's order dessert. Then you get so full that you're like, you're, you're sick. Like you feel gross to the point that like maybe vomiting might help. Maybe vomiting might save you from other further, maybe more serious sickness. So in that case, I recommend something you could take to evacuate this as opposed to manually doing it like Epicac or something like that Um, because I just don't ever and here's why I'm really really against ever trying to Here's why I'm really against ever giving any type of positive reinforcement to the idea of putting your finger down your throat to force vomit. Is because I am a very neurotic guy when it comes to diet and my body image. Very neurotic. And I'm a very extreme person. I can't control myself with things. When I like something, I go just off the rails. When I don't like something, I, I just, not only do I not do it, I will like walk over, I will just create a stream of dead bodies to avoid doing it, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm an extreme person and I've always been very into fitness and nutrition. And I have pretty desperate body image issues that I had to have like mental health professionals deal with it over a long period of time. Uh, So I am the type of person who would have experimented with regurgitation. Yet the only time I ever did that, ever, was before my first marriage. When I was at the peak of depression. Genuinely thinking about killing myself every single day, numerous times a day, finding it impossible to make it to work every every day. I'd get out of bed when that alarm went off at like 3.34 in the morning and to drive into Kevin and Bean and I'd just be like, I can't, I don't know. I'm going to drive off the road. I'm not going to, I'm on the 110 freeway. You know, and I'm just gonna. I, I was, I was, a an emotional, miserable man, and that's the only time the guy who's obsessive about his appearance and his diet, who had been into into bodybuilding, where I'm weighing out every fucking calorie, and I certainly like in my diets uh, leading up to being on stage in a fucking speedo fucked up my diet and it would have been like thought you were like hmm, i could just make that go away and then we all win and i never th- i was like no that's that's not I, I don't need that only when i went to a mental state where i was like exceedingly sick and depressed 
did I think like, oh, let's just do that. And I wasn't even eating that bad of shit. So I'm really averse to eat ever giving you the 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 thumbs up, pardon the pun, on on putting fingers in your mouth to force vomit. Because I at least have seen that there's a real correlation to not only your body image, not only how you feel about the food you just ate, how discom- uh, how uncomfortable your belly is. I think that there's a real connection to self-harm with that. So go to the store, get some Ipecac or something, and just take a teaspoon. It's it's rem- almost look that I will recommend. Give it a shot. Be careful because you have too much. You can it can be it can make you sick. Like really, like go to the hospital, fucked up, sick. You know from vomit. But Ipecac is crazy. I P E C A C. Also the name of Mike Patton's <laughs> record label. I fooled around with that once just for for comedy again. For, it it was like that scene in the Family Guy where they're puking and it's just nonstop and that's how I was vomiting. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. I love you guys. I am available on Patreon. If you would like further assistance, if you would like access to special uh, patron only meetups virtual ones and uh, content and training plans and nutrition plans and then also the top tier if you want me to train you and give you personal day by day I have you have access to me 24-7 the same one the same email that Brian just emailed me on for that question uh, you get access to all that and I become your personal kind of guy to guide you it's all available I'm Mike Catherwood on that their Patreon and like subscribe Help me out if you can. Tell friends to listen to Mikey Likes You, to watch Mikey Likes You, whatever the fuck. I love you. Uh, And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember I do. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.